there, stranger, and welcome to I Think I'm Mentally Unstable, the podcast all about growing up and fucking up, making mistakes and owning them, even if it makes you feel a little bit mentally unstable. This podcast contains 100% oversharing content, so sit back, relax, and grab a cuppa while we spill the tea. Cool. Is anyone else really tired? Like, I don't know what it is, but this post-Christmas blues season is just horrid. Like, I just want to hibernate. I literally want to crawl into bed, binge watch Netflix all day and forget about all of my responsibilities, which is a bit of a problem when you work for yourself and when you have shit to do. So, as you can see, my week is going great. Um, I actually researched this feeling that I'm having and obviously there's a label attached to it because we love our labels and the post-holiday blues is a genuine thing. Um, It's caused by quite a few things, mainly overeating, quote unquote, so having like more processed foods, stuff like that. I mean, I did have one too many chocolates, but you know, I live to tell the tale and overindulging on alcohol again, kind of wish I didn't do those limoncello shots but it's fine is what it is can't take it back um and also because of that causes more sleep like sleep issues and heightened anxiety and depression so it's kind of all come to a head and it's very much catching up on me and also another reason is that overhyped emotion for all the excitement and all the events and all the memories that you're making and now there's like not really a lot to look forward to because it's January which is the most depressing month of the year and anyone who disagrees with me on that is wrong. Uh, There are no wrong opinions except for yours. I think also as exciting as it is to go into a new year like woo 2023 it sometimes comes with these pressures that you need to be a better person like immediately like you want to start journaling or join the gym or, or whatever it is And then it just kind of sets this precedent that you need to start acting, which is kind of difficult when you're in this post-Christmas limbo situation of no motivation, no discipline, can't remember even what a gym looked like, that kind of stuff. So trying to weasel yourself out of that is just a bit tricky. Um, So I guess if anyone else is feeling like that as well, I'm right here with you. Um, And I'm sure we'll find it. I'm sure we will find that motivation what I'm trying to do is stick to a routine so still go to the gym even if it's not like early in the morning (laughs) at least I'm going and also trying to eat consistently so as much as I love eating like junk food and stuff um, I'm trying to incorporate more fruit and veg because that has been seriously omitted for the last four weeks which is fine that's okay temporary and all that also focusing on my sleep a bit more because yeah I've got into the whole of TikTok again I am ashamed to admit that I am up until about 1 or 2 a.m in the TikTok black hole oh god I'm so ashamed to admit that but it is what it is it's happened so I'm just gonna try and stick to my bedtime routine and hopefully all that will kind of resolve this shitty lack of motivation that I'm going through and yeah if those tips help you let me know because I'm convinced that when we create positive habits and a good routine that will help us in terms of 
goal setting, in terms of going into the new year with a fresh perspective and things like that. I personally don't have any resolutions. I'm just trying to work on things that I set building blocks for last year and continue to improve those because I just I just don't really believe in resolutions. Maybe that's because I suck at them and therefore avoid them. I feel that's healthy. When it comes to resolutions, I think there's this pressure that you need to be a better human being or you have to create this lifestyle for yourself from January 1st and you want to be that girl or that live that lifestyle. Um, and it doesn't really work for everyone. If you do have a resolution, that's great. And I wholeheartedly believe that you can stick to that. But I mean, the majority of people don't. Apparently, I read a, I heard a statistic on, funny enough, Stephen Bartlett's podcast. So I'm absolutely just going to like shout him out for that. That only 9% of people continue with a New Year's resolution. And that's just shocking. Like it makes, it's quite defeatist. But obviously, you know, there's that, 81 no there's that 91 percent of people that can stick to a resolution and I wonder what those habits are like is it just that discipline is it just the fact that they're creating the habits that are everlasting rather than just short and quick so because some of the resolutions I feel like are made out of guilt like especially when it comes to a weight perspective or like a fitness perspective it's always the reason is kind of or like the justification is because oh I need to burn off whatever I ate over the Christmas holidays which isn't really consistent because there's not really a strong motivation as to why maybe that's kind of partly why we kind of partly why I suck at resolutions just because there really isn't that longevity involved but what I will say is that with resolutions you don't have to get everything done from day one. There are 365 days in the year and as long as you are putting in steps in place to help you achieve them or whatever your goals are that are genuinely manageable, then I think you can go for it, absolutely. Just make sure that you have a real reason as to why you want to do things because I think that's super important. It's super important to have a why, to have a reason and to have like mini milestones that you want to achieve that lead you to the big goal and always 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 remember the small wins because they create the bigger picture so I thought I'd start with obviously the win and the woe of the week um my win is making a positive out of a shitty situation um I booked a new year's eve party with my sister it was a 90s 20s themed like great gatsby event we were super super excited and the tickets were quite expensive but we thought you know what we'll be in london we'll be together we'll start 2023 with a bang it'll be absolutely worth it and you know we hardly really go out out (laughs) we hardly ever go out out um so it might be worthwhile we dressed up so well like I honestly think we looked the part like great Gatsby who we genuinely could have been Daisy Buchanan um from the novel it was great it was great great fun and everyone there also made the effort and that's kind of where the line drew 
if it wasn't for everyone, all the guests and the attendees that dressed up and made that effort, it honestly would have looked like something out of an apocalypse. We turned up to this event and the decoration was literally tired looking tinsel attached to these like beams of light in the ceiling. The venue was like a school hall. It reminded me of like a year six disco vibe. Um, And there were dining tables and stuff because people were having dinner there but the dinner was going on from about like half past seven to ten and then when you wanted to dance there was no real space and there was meant to be um like live entertainment like jazz bands and stuff like that and they didn't turn up until like ten half ten so we were there from about half past eight and we left at 10 p.m it was so bad I was like this is the worst money I have ever spent I even went as far to write a bad review I know how much of a Karen I sound like right now but I couldn't help it I was livid I'd spent all that money we'd gone all that way we put in all that effort to have a good time and it just felt like such a rip-off I almost want to read out the review I think I might read out the review to you because I think like this will just paint a picture of what we went through In my 26 years of living, I have never, ever written a bad review. But this was bad. It's catastrophically bad. I think the first red flag was when we turned up and there was astroturf everywhere. And I was like, "Mm, don't think that's very 1920s. And then let's just say the demographic was a little bit older than what I was expecting. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be like a crowd between like maybe like 20s and 30s and it honestly wasn't my grandma would have loved it I'll just say that that's just kind of the event I'm just painting the picture for you that's kind of that's what's happening and when I tell you that I've been to house parties that look like they should be like something from the Ritz or like a film set in Alice in Wonderland that's kind of what I'm expecting from this particular Great Gatsby themed event okay Anyway, without further ado, this is my review. If I could give this zero stars, I would. Never in my life have I left a bad review, but this themed event was the worst money I've ever spent. £65 for a ticket that only guarantees entry. No complimentary drink, no food, no table. Everything was an add-on, which wasn't specified and was an extra £50 minimum. The venue was a glorified hall, decorated with tired-looking tinsel that looked like something from my year six disco. For a New Year's event and a pricey ticket, let's say my expectations were high. The live bands advertised didn't come on stage until 10pm. We arrived at 8.30pm. I ordered a bottle of Prosecco only to be told there were no ice buckets left. There was no room in the cloakroom either. Downstairs were some pop-up chairs, no music, a couple of candles and that's it depressing this event was the biggest rip-off the only thing that looked aesthetically pleasing were the guests that turned up in their lovely attire we decided to leave before midnight because you can steal our money but not our time p.s i paid the same money for a festival that offers more value and activities this was shocking I feel exactly like Joe Lysett when he tries to dispute a parking ticket and if no one knows what I'm talking about, please just type in Joe Lysett parking ticket and it will be the best three minutes you've ever spent. Do it after this podcast though because you need to get through the episode and that helps my stats. Thank you very much. 
So anyway, we decided to leave this event early, but luckily we made it home in time for the countdown and my mum and dad were still up and bless my mum's cotton socks, she cooked some party food, she still had like champagne on the go and we were all just together having a really great time and it really was quite comical. My sister, who hardly ever drinks, was quite trolleyed. Um, It was really, really entertaining. So we made the best out of a bad situation and I feel like that's a really key takeaway because sometimes things don't always go to plan, they don't always go to your standards or your expectations but you were always in control of having a good time no matter the, the situation and in the past that's something I've really really struggled with if I wasn't having a good time or if nothing, if, if things weren't perfect then I'd get really really disappointed and it would like ruin my day and then I would be such a like annoying person to be around that then I would kind of that would be like the venom into everyone else's day so yeah making a good situation out of a bad one is my win my woe of the week is that I actually got some pretty disappointing and negative feedback on a project that I've been working on just before Christmas and that leads me into a really really important topic which is imposter syndrome Now, obviously, no one likes getting criticism and it's a bit uncomfortable sometimes, but I also think that's an opportunity for growth and it shouldn't back you into a corner, as I kind of felt. Um, It's my first day back as well. Like I said, I'm feeling a little bit more anxious and depressy because of, like, the month that it is and the way... And, you know, just in general. So... I think sometimes when you get negative feedback like that, it just sets you off into a bit of a spiral that you have to know how to control. And I think it's really hard not to attach your worth to your work, which is something that I do a lot. And you'll see it manifest in different ways, like when you're on Instagram and you share a picture of yourself and you don't get a certain amount of likes or comments that might trigger some uncomfortable feelings or you might feel like that wasn't good enough or maybe it's a project that you're working on and you get you know I feel like it's always that dreaded google doc and it's a thing that you're working on and then someone just comments is this relevant and it reminds me when you're back at school and teachers would be really really savage and they'd be like irrelevant cut or what are you trying to say or what does this even mean and when you get like such blunt feedback it's really yeah I guess it's quite hard just to what's the word it's quite hard to process it and remove yourself like from that like it's not a reflection of you like your work is and your and that photo or the likes the engagement the comments whatever like it's not a reflection of you but it's really hard to see that at the time and when you do get that negativity or that criticism I feel like you then start to think, oh, am I good enough? Or, oh, clearly I'm not good enough at my job. Or do I need more training? Like, do I need to get a qualification? Or am I in the right career path? Should I be doing something else? Stop, stop, don't go down that rabbit hole. Because once you go down there, you start to feel really, really bad about yourself. And that's kind of where my mini breakdown led on from earlier. But here are a few ways that I try and navigate imposter syndrome and kind of the perfectionism that feeds into it as well 
and also the procrastination that then comes off the back of that because you just think well what's the point if I'm just going to get bad feedback and xyz no 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 just take a deep breath the first key point is that your work and the feedback is not a reflection of you that's first and foremost when you get feedback it's an opportunity to use that as a lesson to grow so you can use that as a way to like analyze see where you went wrong how you can improve always look at it in a semi-positive way unless the feedback is just like really really unsolicited and really savage and quite attack like makes you feel a bit attacked then you know maybe speak to the person about how they're approaching that feedback because that could be a lesson for them secondly we all feel a bit like an imposter sometimes you know when you're starting out at a new job or when you go for a promotion or when you start like an Instagram page or you know you're doing something that's out of your comfort zone you feel a bit backed into a corner because you're like well what am I doing like am I worthy enough am I qualified enough all these kind of questions and you know there's no really right or wrong about how you approach something and we're all we all have to start from somewhere and also no one is an expert even quote-unquote experts aren't, aren't experts and I think once you nav- you get your head around that, you're like, okay, well, actually, I'm in quite a strong position to use this as, again, another opportunity to learn and get better at something. So that comes to any hobby or any activity or any new career, any new job that you want to start. You're always going to be in a position where you might not know as much as someone else, but that doesn't mean that you're not good enough to try or to succeed and it really does come down to whether you have the will and the want to learn something new because if you don't want to do it then you're not really going to have that motivation but if you do want to do it then you definitely can and it always comes back down to you know that reason why you're doing something so feeling like an imposter at the very early stages of something is pretty normal but doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't be trying to do something or that you can't do something it's just that it might be taking you a little bit more time or you might need to put a bit more effort in to gain that sense of confidence which leads me nicely into the third part of imposter syndrome which is confidence and self-esteem if you've gone through a lot of your life where you feel people haven't necessarily complimented you or you yourself are your own worst critic and you're quite harsh on yourself and you're a bit of a perfectionist and things are never good enough or you could always tweak that one little thing and make it even better then it's likely that you're struggling with a lack of confidence and self-esteem which is definitely something that I can say for myself whenever I submit work I'm like oh god I'm not sure that was good I feel like they're going to want me to edit this that could definitely been better and I'm annoyed at myself for even submitting such junk but sometimes it's just a case of you need to know your own worth and I know that sounds super cliche and like you've a broken record because you've probably heard that a thousand times before but it's true imposter syndrome is just a case of you need to build confidence in yourself that's the reason why people were so good at what they do sometimes people swanning around who claim that they have like xyz qualifications literally don't know what they're doing but they're just making it sound like they are and because they're doing it with such conviction it actually makes them 
like makes them look like they're on a pedestal and then you look up to those kind of people we are all just winging it and I think when you understand that and when you see that a lot of these people are just building up their confidence to do something and you can and you can do that as well and that confidence can come from you know a positive experience it can come from reading a book and learning how to do something it can come from doing an online course it can come from speaking to you know a manager or um a supervisor and getting feedback from them on how you can do and be better getting testimonials or social proof things like that having feedback from your friends having a conversation with them and like you know the qualities that make you good and quote unquote qualified to do something when you get all of this information that can help you build your confidence because the thing is you can complete all of the online courses in the world you can read every single book on a specific topic you can teach yourself to the world's end and still not have the confidence and still think that you're not good enough or not worthy enough because you think that someone else is doing it better and that's when the comparison game comes in and again what fuels the imposter syndrome because you're thinking well that person's managing to do it and I can't which means they're better than me which means I should just throw in the towel newsflash there will be someone who is better than you and once you accept that it will be so much easier for you to just focus on yourself the only real competition and the comparison is between you and you so as long as you are putting in the effort to be at least one percent better each day or each week whatever works for you then you are getting better and you are building that confidence and the expertise that will help you when it comes to whatever talent, whatever activity, whatever task you need to put energy into. Now, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a therapist, so you might be sitting there thinking, how the hell are you so qualified to talk about this? Which is ironic because this podcast is all about imposter syndrome, but I will tell you now that I get a lot of my information from an amazing psychologist called Carol Dweck and she talks about imposter syndrome in a way of building a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. So as we were saying earlier, when you want to throw in that towel because you think I'm not talented enough to do this, that's a fixed mindset. But when you're building a growth mindset, it means that you believe you have the intelligence and the ability to grow and develop expertise over time but with a fixed mindset you're already setting yourself up for failure and yeah some people do have natural talent like for example I've always loved writing but I haven't always been very good at it I look back on some of the work that I've done and some of the captions that I've written some of the posts that I've done on LinkedIn and I cringe I cringe so hard that I want the world to swallow me whole But that's actually a good thing because it means you are learning and you're growing and you're already seeing that you're developing more knowledge to be better at a certain activity or skill or thing, whatever it is. And that's how you can apply that to imposter syndrome. So rather than run away from the challenge, really be quite open to it because that's how I'm taking this feedback. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It makes me physically want to throw up. I hate it when I get negative feedback on something but also I'm looking at that as an opportunity to build on my knowledge and yeah it sucks because no one likes to be told they're wrong no one likes to be wrong but 
I think also when it comes to something like writing, it is quite subjective because what I like, you might not like or what you like, someone else might not like and that's kind of just the beauty of opinions. It's all very controversial and no one really knows what the right or wrong answer is unless it's maths where there is obviously a wrong answer but at the crux of it all is just this fear of failure the reason why we don't want to push ourselves to do things and the reason why we don't want to face discomfort is because it feels like we're failing but as we all know this podcast is about making mistakes and if you don't make the mistakes you won't learn and you won't grow and if you don't at least try something then you'll never know and that is honestly my motto i never know if something's going to turn out well I just kind of throw my all into it and see what happens but the motto is if you don't try you'll never know and if you don't do then you'll never succeed because it really does come back down to the fact that you you have to just try and if that means trying and getting some shitty feedback okay fine but you are 10 steps ahead of the game because now you've got some feedback that you can work with and gives you some direction direction on how to be better so really feedback isn't actually all that bad and depending on how you look at it and how you reframe it in your head means it gives you the ability to make your brain bigger and also create experiences and proof psychologically that you can do something So my key takeaways when it comes to imposter syndrome and feeling like you're not good enough. One, remember that the work is never a reflection of you. Two, build that confidence that creates a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. And three, don't compare yourself to someone who is in a completely different position to you because you're unique and the only competition is between you versus you. If you want to learn more about this as a concept, because I really have summarised at like super high level, then I'll link the book that um, of Carol Dweck in the podcast notes. I really, really do think it's worth a read um, because I think it's relevant to literally anything. It doesn't just have to be work related. I think imposter syndrome can just come out in so many different ways, like even in a social setting where you're thinking, oh, I'm not good enough to to be having this conversation or I'm not intellectual enough to talk about politics literally it can come out in any way and it can manifest in so many different forms so I think yeah definitely read into that I hope you found this episode helpful and thank you if you made it this far it really means the world to me that so many of you oh I think that was my belly I am hungry um (laughs) it means so much to me that so many of you are messaging me individually just to say that you're enjoying the podcast because this is a bit of a passion project for me it's my my little baby and I want to make it grow and I do want to put lots of effort into it so yeah thank you for your undying support because it gives me that motivation to carry on and even when there is negative feedback there's always something positive I guess that's something to remember really that although sometimes it seems like everything's quite negative or a bit pessimistic there are positive things that we're just forgetting it's that negativity bias we just remember everything that's bad when there is probably a lot of good happening so maybe that's like a bonus tip even when in when faced with negativity try and think about some positive stuff that adds to the proof and the evidence that you're actually a pretty cool human
And with that, enjoy your morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you're listening to this, and tune in again next week. Bye.